Welcome to Cinema Bushido. I am your host, Matthew Whitaker, and with me, as most of the time, <laughs> my uh, dog from another mog, uh, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day is a holiday. How are you doing today? Every day is a holiday. Um, so tonight is going really well. It's it's the evening where I'm at, and I'm I'm having a really good time because I'm about to talk about a film that blows the mind of Mr. Lee Van Cleef. So before we get started with that, I want to just go ahead and ask you, what are you drinking? Well, I my local merchant doesn't sell uh, Uzo, so I... Uh... I went next door and I, I got some grappa, you know, from, from Italy. And boy, I tell you, I fucking regret that. Like I, I had grappa in when I was actually in Italy, and it came in like different flavors and colors. It was like Kool Aid, and I guess and, and the one I got now is just straight grappa. And I can, I know why, because this tastes like shit. What are you drinking tonight, buddy? <laughs> oh man, well I'm not having grappa. Um, I uh, I'm just having some beers. Um, I'm actually having something. I haven't even read the label yet. It was something I hadn't seen yet. It's made out of Seattle, the Evo IPA, made by Two Beers Brewing. So um, yeah, let's. That's what I'm having. <laughs> Did it come with a fake beard and a flannel beer koozie? How'd you know? Seriously, and also uh, a flannel dildo for my butt. It's, God bless you, Seattle. It's what Seattle does. You know, you just can't you can't find it. All right, so tonight we're talking about something super cool. The the uh, the nineteen not nineteen. Uh, I'll just cut that out. <laughs> tonight we're talking about something really cool. The two thousand six Zack Schneider uh, three hundred. You know, for the longest time I would write down it's the three hundred because I always thought about that because that's the older movie, right? But it is just yeah, from the plain, 60s. It's plain old 300. And it is the birth of Zack. And I, it, it maybe is the greatest thing he's ever done. What do you think? Uh, I would say it's the greatest action movie ever made. Okay. So not even the greatest Zack Snyder, but the greatest action movie ever made. I like like I was gonna say right away. Like, remember in uh, episode three where we talk about how in Bloodsport how JCVD literally like never does anything good ever again right he only does one good movie but it's such a good movie it's like a nice long roll downhill it's like it's like it's like sliding down everest it's the same concept with Zack snyder like he literally i don't know if it was just the source material the comic that he copied from but he literally just caught lightning in a bottle yeah and you know i would say people would listen to that kind of hyperbole and they'd be like no come on Jean-Claude did good stuff. He never beat Bloodsport. He did cool shit. We can all admit it. You know, I loved uh, Time Cop and all the way up to like people would be like, oh, well, you know, JCVD was a little more fancy. It doesn't matter. Nothing, nothing compares to Bloodsport in terms of what Jean-Claude Van Damme has done. Am I right? Yeah, and and I would say I would say also that like whereas Jean-Claude Van Damme his 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 road to failure was like it was kind of cushioned by the fact that 90s action was really low on story and nuance uh Zack Schneider has like these huge increments of, of of like it's like dropping off on the ocean floor in quality like it just cuts off to another depth of a low yeah Zack I'm going to have a hard time giving him any credit except that 300 
is so beautifully done. I mean, the action sequences and the slow-mo. People make get pissed about the slow-mo, but I love watching a Spartan slowly jam his fucking spear into a Persian. It might be one of my favorite fucking things in the world, and I don't love or hate either of them. It's just so cool to watch. But yeah, you know, he did that Dawn of the Dead, and he did Sucker Punch. Everybody was so excited for Sucker Punch. It had that one chick from Lemony Snicket's who was, like, going to show a little skin, but it was PG, and it was fucking terrible. And even the cool action sequences didn't make up for the fact that it was kind of a long-drawn fuck-the-fuck-off. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can't. I mean, it's hard to fathom that the same guy who directed this deck directed Batman vs Superman. Right. Or Man of Steel. I mean, just I mean, okay. So maybe you can think of it this way: like he was just like, okay, I made the coolest fucking action flick of all time. Then I made Watchmen, so I'm a god. Um, I'm moving on in my life. I made an animated flick that nobody gives a shit about. I made Sucker Punch and everybody hated it. It's time for me to redeem myself. I'm going to do something that I love. Superman. Man of Steel. I'm going to make it good. And he tried so hard, but sometimes you have you have it in you to do something good, like the 300, but you don't have it in you to do the new Superman. Or Batman vs. Superman. Or the Justice League. Or the Justice League Part 2. You just don't have it in you. So you're just going to well, keep I... failing and failing until you become... One of my heroes, Albert Pune, who's done some of the shittiest fucking movies of all time, but he's still my hero. And, yeah, he's going to live a life of mediocrity. Well, I think that um, Watchmen and 300 were actually comic book adaptations. So I guess it makes sense that that WB would be like Zack and Sarah Snyder, the Snyder household, would be in charge of their universe there. Because if he's had any success, it's with comic book adaptations. God, grappa for the um for the for the for the big screen, but uh, man, I I think as you as you and I talk, who I, I think they're there. I think obviously Zack Snyder did a good job, oh. but I I think it was the material and maybe editing. It was probably like a mm. hodgepodge of things. It was like a perfect mixture that comes together to give you this beautiful man i mean like master it's a masterpiece i'm like blown away that there are so many movies with so many followings and then 300 is like whatever yeah like, you know, and so many I, I would just point out kind of to where you're going um i know batman versus superman and man of steel are quote unquote uh comic book movies but are they really when we get to them because they both have like really long histories as movies and watchmen and 300 don't Watchmen 300, you're you're fucking like Greenfield, you're you're doing something new, and it's tough to come in later on and be like, I'm gonna make another Superman. I mean, I'm my era is original Superman, and I loved it in the, in its day, but I can admit it's a turd. It's a terrible turd. I mean, let's fly backwards around the Earth a bunch of times, and we're gonna you know change time. Fuck. Yeah, and Doctor G would point out that the Earth wouldn't be in the same spot. Right. As we're. The doc would exactly. say that. And Stephen would say, well, listen, um, the, Superman isn't all that super because in England, um, super means something different. It means like you're wearing your panties outside of your, um, your, you're wearing your knickers outside your stretch pants. I don't know, something and like in, that. And in Canada, that's called a fetish. In Canada, that's called ladies' pants. <laughs> 
That's called athletic wear. Yeah, exactly. That's called, uh, yeah, yeah. or I was going to say yoga wear, but same diff. I mean, they don't actually work out in Canada. They just, they do fake yoga. They do downward dog like all the fucking time. They just keep doing it over and over again. They're like, oh, oh I'm a fucking yogi. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, what's that all about, mate? Uh, that was I thought I was going to get a yoga boner because you're talking about yoga, but then you mentioned Canadians doing yoga, and I was like, no. No, it's terrible. Dive. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. Well, I would like to uh, let you know that I know who the cinematographer and uh, photographer of the 300 is, but I don't. And I'm I'm going to let you talk for a second, and I'm going to try to look it up. But whoever they are, yeah, here we go. Larry Fong was the director of photography. And Larry, uh, Larry, please let me use my Google skills right this second to tell to prove to the world that you are a fucking master you did a bunch of a bunch of lost the tv show <laughs> uh you did 300 you did cop house you did watchmen you did sucker punch you did super eight and eh, i'm sorry fuck off larry it's not it, it was a perfect storm zach and larry and their crew they did the 300 and we're about to talk about it so let's start right there Lee Van Cleef, what did you think about 300? Um, it is a, it's visually stunning. The soundtrack is perfect. The narration is perfect. The action sequences are, are flawless. The intrigue and the sexuality and it, 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 the, there's, it's deliberately both really true to history in some respects. And then at the same time, deliberately not with mysticism and lore and i i haven't read the comics i'm very familiar with the history of the of thermopylae but i'm not familiar with the comics and i i have a sneaking suspicion that they basically copy and paste a lot of the comic book material because it, this story was so beautifully told it's and there are, and if you know the history it's that much more exciting because they twist the history at different points in the movie and it it just makes for the best action movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Well, so I can tell you I liked it too. Um, I'd never even heard of it until it came out in the theaters. And I went to see it um, just based on the trailer. The trailer was awesome. I'm like, okay, we're going to see these guys murdering the shit out of each other. And I love to watch that kind of thing. You know, these war-based things. It always sounds horrible when I say stuff like that. But to anyone who loves action cinema, you know what I'm talking about. There's something about seeing these, like, epic battles. It's it's a beautiful thing. Well, that said, so I'd never heard of Zack or the 300 or the comic book or anything, and I went to see it. And it is, it is a, like, perfect piece of cinema. Like, the plot doesn't go too crazy in any direction. Um, you know, we get what's going on at home, which in any other movie would be like the most boring kind of stuff. Like, oh, the queen's stuck dealing with the Senate and there's stuff. But it's not like that at all. Lena Headey is fucking awesome. And Dominic West from The Wire is is fucking great. Like, he, he, he knows how to play like a really sympathetic character and he knows how to play like the coolest fucking guy. But he can also play the biggest fucking creep in the world, which he shows in this, right? I mean... Is there anybody creepier 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. The casting is perfect. And it's not just the main roles. Like, for instance, the emissary that gets murdered. That guy's a great actor. The actor who plays Xerxes. How do you top that? As How do you top that role? I mean, if you're going... I mean, they're going to portray him as a god king. How, how do you top that? that? That cannot be done. You know? Uh, Michael Fassbender's in here. Uh, you know, which, uh, which surprised the shit out of me. I mean, that is so cool. It's one of his earlier works and he's so good and the whole movie i mean just the littlest roles like the when the e when they reveal that the e4s are bought out the um the the guy the emissary that's from the the persian empire he's the per he's just the perfect guy for that fade out scene yeah like the, every little nuance of the casting is just done perfectly all right well let's get into this um, I want to hear what your favorite action scene was from the 300. Your number one. Give it to well, me. Well, you know, I mean, you preface it with action because my favorite scenes are not actually the action scenes. Okay. Well, listen, um, Cinema Bushido is an action fucking podcast. So yeah, I know. I, know. I, I wanted to go there. But listen, I won't restrict you to that. This movie well, is your movie. Let's Let's give me your favorite scene. Well, my favorite scene. Well, I guess it is an action scene in a sequence, in a sense, because it's when um, Denisius, the captain, when he loses his shit, and what happens is, is that historically he's he's considered he was given by all the survivors of what happened there, the, both the Spartans and the non-Spartan Greeks, he was considered the best fighter, and uh, by anyone who witnessed him, he was just heads and tails the best fighter of anybody else and he lasted all the way to the third day until the end of the third day and uh he's the captain he's the little captain and he was so great he was old enough to have a son that or he was old he was able to have a son that was old enough to fight with the 300 so he goes there and there's a wedge scene where he where they show the son looks out of sorts even though he's trained for this his whole life and uh leonidas looks focused and then the captain goes from looking focused to looking over at his son and being like easy steady and then when his when they show at the end of the second day uh michael fassbender's character and uh astronauts they they break rank but it's beautiful it's like this beautiful poetry of destruction and uh, at the end because dionysus shows weakness he shows love to his son he, he you know he doesn't tell him anything he just gives him a nod like a pride that's my boy and then dionysus uh loses or astronauts loses his head and then the D dionysus the captain he just goes fucking blood drunk he just he just he loses his shit there's no there's like no military bearing and discipline in that man whatsoever and he's just psychotic and it's 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 like he takes off his helmet and he's using it as a weapon and he's just crushing the shit out of these motherfuckers and they say that like his screams of pain were were the were scarier to the enemy than any drums and that it took 3 Spartans to detain him and i was like that is that's epic okay and so that maybe is one of my favorite scenes of the whole fucking movie too. But also, um, without reverence, I had to LOL when Astonos got his head chopped off because it's like he's finally like my dad loves me and he's got this like happy, like content smile on his face. Like I've done good. The world is good. And you know it's coming. You could see like some, some like shades 
the music on. yeah i'm just like he's so fucking dead and then when it happens i mean he gets fucking beheaded and there's no better for an lol scene like that because it is lol like just in action sequences it is lol there's no better like shut the fuck up people who are laughing at 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 asnos losing his head that his dad you said it they called it blood drunk and he does he's just he's fucking killing everyone I mean, he's, like, pushing people around him and murdering them as they fall to their sides as he continues to kill people. It was one of the best fucking scenes. It was so good. Yeah, and the music in this in this movie is artfully done. It's oh, just yeah. brilliant. Oh, yeah. And it moves between different genres, and it's just beautifully placed. And, and there's narration, which is normally, I mean, fucking shitty unless it's, uh, what's his name? The turtle moves across. Yeah, the... uh, Friedman. Yeah, uh, exactly. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Unless yeah. it's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I'm drunk, so I have to just imitate him. The turtle loves his mother. Ghost. I got a question for you. Yeah. What is your profession? I can't. I can't do it here. <laughs> I'm gonna. <coughs> I'll, I'll get. I'll get kicked out of my hotel. But you know what it is. It's not. A fucking sculptor actually to be honest i would have been one of those fucking losers uh, i i usually i i connect people to cloud computing environments it's like ah well you're not a, a warrior you dirty i man. mean this this there's there's a there's an element to this movie when you know the history that it, even the, the parts that aren't historical are still witty and hey. that is very spartan and it's in it's are uh, you ready for my first favorite scene i i've been waiting i'm dying oh yeah well you know it already because you know this movie so well but okay so the first time i watched this movie and i felt my heart sore because mm-hmm. something happened in it and it made me so joyous it was actually one of the first battles. It was probably the first battle. But, um, you know, they block and they block and they hold their ground and they know. And and there's a lot of, like, fucking high talking around it, right? Like, we will give them no ground. We will not let them do shit. But it comes down to this. They keep pushing and they keep chopping. And there's a great line. They look thirsty. Well, let's give them something to drink. And they push all of these versions to the edge of the cliff and shove them off and there is one of the best fucking like cinematic things you'd ever seen in your life it's it's these spartans with their shields pushing and it's it's like it's like fucking art it is like some sort of like classic battle art and we we kind of zoom back from this cliff and we're watching them all in slow motion like titter off in it at an angle and it it is one of the coolest fucking scenes it flashes between that and the actual like hardcore these people are dying it shows them actually falling to their death at the bottom of the cliffs and then back slow motion to the silhouette of these men falling over each other and falling off the cliff it is maybe one of the coolest fucking scenes i've ever seen in movie history yeah, and the beauty of it is is that we get to see both what a phalanx would actually look like, and then we get to see, like, the stylized uh, action. And you see that also when in the Apollo scene, when he kills the wolf at the beginning, and, he, and Leonidas's initiation at the end of his initiation. And, like, they don't actually show him thrusting into the throat of the wolf, but he 
but you see the shadow of it. And so from a distance, we get to see things from a distance, not, not as they, not as they are actually, but, but as, as like a reflection. And, and at the same time, we get a ton of dismemberments and CGI blood, but it's like generous. It's, it's like overflowing. It's, so it's it's like one of these things where they it's they move between the different spectrums of, of visual aids and art, but it it it's so well done that it's it's staggering. All right, well, give me your favorite scene, number two. So my uh, my second favorite scene is it, it's kind of like a cross between two scenes. It's the it's the end of the initiation when he he sees the wolf. And Apollo is represented by a wolf or wolfish, and uh, and then Lycurgus, who invented the agoga and all that stuff, he was so he was a, he they, they couldn't really confirm if he was actually flesh and blood or if he was supposed to be Apollo, and um, and then you've got the actual moon in the background and he kills the wolf and then and then but the before he kills the wolf the moon comes into show and then at the very end. When he looks Xerxes in the eye and he's throwing that spear to make him bleed to show he's not a god king, uh, they replay that that initiation. And my theory that I personally have is that to be true to Apollo, just as the all Spartans were supposed to be, and that the god king wanted him, if he would just, even at the very end, even when it when all was lost, if you just bend a knee to me and it, it call me your god... I will give you anything you want. And Leonidas defiantly strikes the mouth of the wolf, the fake Apollo, in reverence to the, in the, in the light of Apollo, as it were. That's my, that's my second favorite scene. I like it. All right, well, my second is easy. Um, it's actually right after the first, and it's only great because it's so fucking funny and i love funny shit but um you know they just pushed everyone off the cliff and they're hanging out and suddenly the sky goes dark with arrows and they're like what the fuck is this it's so dark um what uh, and they oh, holy shit look out and they have a term for it what was it like get into like fucking turtle position 5000 can you tell me what they said uh the 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 name eludes me okay but that doesn't matter get into turtle position and they all uh get their shields above them and it was recovered that's what it was and it rain yeah rains on them like fucking crazy it's fucking awesome and one of them just starts laughing and lena is just like why are you laughing like what's so funny he's like well you said it like we would be fighting in in the shadows like you know it comes back to an earlier scene in the movie where you know he's threatened that you know they're gonna fucking uh destroy the sun and and leonidas says well you know if that happens we'll we'll fight in the darkness or whatever but it was it was cool it was this cool this whole like reach back and that you could see that his guys were totally on his side and like it was there was such like fun and love between them all and it was fucking hilarious yeah, the uh, the the emissary he comes there and he threatens them and then he gets his arm cut off. And yeah, he tries to whip them and the guy's like, "It's not your arm, it's not yours anymore." And then he says, "A thousand nations of the Persian Empire descend upon you. Our arrows will blot out the sun." 
Now, Mike, now Michael Fassbender, Michael Fassbender's character didn't actually say this in real life, but they pull that they twist the history to make it better, right? And they say, uh, and he says, um, "Then we will fight in the shade." Yeah, exactly. Right, and it's it's epic because it's so true, right? And and that actually happened in the actual uh, bottle of Thermopylae or the Hot Gates. It happened when uh, Leonidas dies midway through the third day, and the battle's over his body. And uh, Dionysius, the, who who is the captain in the movie, um, they get his body and uh, they're about to die. And they're they're like, are they? They tell him that their arrows are gonna are gonna blot out the sun. And he's and to give up. And he's like, then we'll fight in the shade. And then they they actually die by arrow fire, like in the movie. Let's say Shazam. All right. So um, <laughs> okay, that was my my second favorite scene. I really enjoyed that. Um, I wanted to ask you, how sexually attracted were you to the, not to Lena Headey, but um, to the weird, ugly, round guy that um, betrayed everybody and became um, one of Xerxes' costumed idiots? I, I think, if memory serves, his name is uh, Ephialtes. And, uh, yeah, you're good. You're good. He actually uh, is. He's actually a real person. He's obviously not a deformed monster, um, <laughs> but he he was obviously in real life. Whoever he was, he was smart enough to be like, "Listen, the Persians have a lot of money, and I'm poor, and I need money. Pay me, and I'll tell you." Well, dude, uh, the, the true story of the Spartans is that they were poor as fuck. I mean, there was even like this point, like they. They didn't have a lot of food. They didn't have a lot of anything, but they were still like like people would come down on you if you weren't fit, right? Well, the thing is, is that it's not that they didn't have wealth. Um, it's that they considered, for instance, like if you notice, the Spartans are very plain dressed, and then like Leonidas is a king, but he uh, he doesn't look any more different than anybody else, right? Whereas Xerxes is like very ornate every emissary is very ornate and that was considered effeminate by the spartans so you also notice that the spartans don't have any like arrows um and that's because they considered uh bows and arrows to be and slings to be effeminate to be oh, like women they, well and not to mention to be cowardice right like yeah, based on exactly. the movie there's that point where they are getting hit one my second favorite scene where Le- well, leonidas actually says those fucking cowards you know like they're shooting arrows at us. Persian they, cowards. Yeah. Persian cowards. Yeah, they're like afraid to get too close because they know the Spartans are going to kill them. And and uh, that that kind of leads to my third favorite scene, which is uh, it's kind of a combo scene, but basically like um, somebody comes to tell him that you know they're gonna uh, that Xerxes is coming to talk to him. And and Dionysus is like he's killing the dead because the Spartans really didn't leave any dead. That's why they have the blunt part of their spear, just to kill these people without ruining the sharp part of their spear. And uh, so he's killing the dead, and he's like he's like listen, he's like do you think you should go talk to the Xerxes? And he's like he's like uh, he's like what's the worst that can happen? They're gonna assassinate me? Then all of all of Sparta goes to war. He's like. Pfft. He's like, he's like, pray they're that stupid and we're that lucky that they assassinate me. And then he's like, and then he's eating his apple and then he's like, besides, 
it's not like we can't be civilized. And then he fucking, and then Dionysus is like, he's killing the, like, mortally wounded but still alive soldiers. He's like, he just kills them. And he's like, no, sire. And then he goes over there and just trolls the shit out of Xerxes. Xerxes comes at him and it's like this most epic and daunting thing. And he just, he just is like, whatever. It's like a Cuban cab driver looking at Donald Trump and, and just being like, whatever, bro. And, and then he, uh, and then he's like, all you have to do is kneel. And he's like, he's like, at the kneeling thing, he's like, you see, slaughtering all your men has left a, a massive cramp in my thigh. Oh, that was And funny. I just can't kneel. And I just like, it's just like, that didn't happen, obviously. But the point is, is that that's still brilliant. That's still funny. It, the, it, you can point to the action sequences, which are just out of sight. But the whole movie is just like that. It's just, And then there's a lot of historical quotes from like... Um, from Aristotle and Herodotus, and it's it's just it's just beautifully done. Well, awesome. Um, I didn't have a I didn't plan on a third uh, favorite scene, but I'm I'll throw in mine, which, um, as you know, is maybe one of the greatest scenes of all time. It's uh, well, I I don't want to go too far in the background because anybody listening to this has seen the three hundred, but you know, Lena Headey was wronged, and. Uh, it's time for her to get a little right. So uh, Dominic West is uh, being a fucking dick in front of the whole fucking, you know, the whole fucking council. And uh, Queen Gorgo comes and she's just like, no, thank you. And she goes ahead and puts her big penis, her sword, right into his gut and turns it and repeats to him the shit that he said to her just fucking one night before when he was taking advantage of her uh why don't you give me the lines lee because it's it's perfect it's this will not be over quickly you will not enjoy this i am not your queen yeah and it was even worse than what anyone thought like i didn't even know up to that point that theron was actually a fucking um a fucking traitor until she stabs him in the guts twists it on and when she pulls it out all these coins with Mm, scissor me Xerxes or I'm falling all over the floor I'm just like Theron you might be the biggest fucking douchebag of all time well and in, in, there's a couple things there well first of all there's like uh, Theron it was a part of the senate and the senate really had the senate and the e-force had all the power in Sparta um, the, everything was done to kind of put checks and balances on the king kingship it, it really they didn't even really command the army without the e-force assigning them so uh, the kings and the queens were, were limited in power from like an executive standpoint. The ephors are really the executive branch, and the the uh, the senate and then the council uh, of that was made of actual Spartan citizens was were the actual legislative body, not unlike our government today. And that's not that's not by accident. That's by design. Zach, all I have to say is right now to everyone listening. Um, thank God I threw away my entire Spartan trivia top six. I threw oh, it away. Don't, don't dude. No, oh, no, it's, it's, it's gone, like baby. It's one thirty. No, it's all gone. Oh, you, no, no, dude, you have to do no, Spartan. No, no. Oh, everybody, everybody thank me right now because Lee would have killed it, and we don't want that shit. We want no, because I was trying to get six out of six. Come no, on, bud. No, we want me. I'll tell you what, if I don't get six out of six on your Spartan trivia... Then I lost. No, I, it's I'm, too late. I'm good. That I started Dude, with the Spartan oh. I had all this stuff about uh, F4s and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, come on, yeah, tell no, me. I, oh. I deleted it. I deleted it because I knew. I knew. Hey, listen. 
You know who plays against you on the top six? Me, Me. you motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, it's always like, I always feel like the top six isn't really top six. It's like, are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it's my top six. I never uh, said it was like the top six of the oh, movie. I mean, come so on. You've done, you've done diaper change challenges. Come on. Come Dude, on. come on! You gotta go with Sparta. I know it would have been. You would have won hardcore. So let's not talk about that. Go back to what you were what saying. What was your now. What were your questions? Oh shit! I had stuff like that. Like how many? Um, how many? Uh, are they called E fours or F fours? There are five E fours. They were elected. Okay. By... Yeah, yeah. How many that would go with the king? To like, yeah, there were like a bunch of those. There was questions. one E four that would go back to the king. Oh, yeah, if the yeah. King you got assigned it. to an army. Yeah. See, you would have been. You would have been to... fucking. T- you would have been. You would have been uh, mansplaining to uh, me the whole thing. And now you're not gonna get to because I have. I have the ultimate top uh, six queer three hundred style. It's so queer. Hey, are you it's ready? A... Are you ready for the top six? I'm ready, dude. Fuck okay. it. Let's do this. Here we go. Uh, I actually have a beautiful top six for you. I'm it's excited, not, dude. It's not the top six you wanted, but uh, here's where we start. How far back does the use of the spear go? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Chakalaka. Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to... I'm going to say... I mean, it would be hard to say definitively. I'm going to go back prior to the Bronze Age. I'm going to say... I'm gonna, okay, let me give, give me a second. Let me just think it out here. So, you, I think the spear would have to be about 3500 BC or, or earlier. That's pretty good. But um, So, the actual answer is... Because you could, you could shave a, a piece of wood into a spear. It doesn't have to have a metal tip. Right, right, exactly. So documenting it, uh, like like from a pure documentary standpoint, it goes back to 400,000. Well, I, I mean, I guess I could believe that. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, Here's the interesting thing about it, and I think you'll like this. I expected you just to say, like, way fucking back, but I think this is a really interesting tidbit. There's a 2012 study, pre-Homo sapien, they developed the technology 500,000 years ago. Well, I mean, other apes, like, for instance, uh, chimps use, like, sticks. They sharpen sticks. Okay, so uh, question number two. Can you name any other animal that has been known for making and using spears? Chimps. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, there's your first point. Uh, Spear manufacturer... And use is not confined to human beings. It's also practiced by the Western chimpanzee and uh, also the uh, orangutans. Um, yeah. Have, but here's the weird thing. You have it dead on. Chimpanzees figured, that out on, figured it out on their own. Orangutans saw humans doing it and then figured it out. So. Yeah, and chimps are also practiced. Uh, very, I mean, all primates, uh, almost all primates practice uh, warfare. But including monkeys, but chimps are like extraordinarily violent. All right, so dude, this is like the first time you've ever fucking hit home an answer on the top six. I mean, that was I, I forget the the name. It, the the name of the book is Chimpanzee. I read it like ten years ago. I don't own it. I got it from the library. It's like Chimpanzee something, and it's like about how. Can I ask them um, while you were at the library? Did you wash your feet in the toilet and uh, suck the dick of a homeless person? I mean, why do I have to be at the library to do that? <laughs> I was just curious because that's what I do when I'm at the library. <laughs> 
No, when I'm at the library, what I like to do is take a book into the bathroom and tear a couple of pages out with really good information and wipe my ass with it oh. and put it back. Well, God, where else are you going to get paper? Because the homeless people have already used it all. I'm like, oh, this has got a hemp paper? Oh, this is going to be extra soft and not maybe give me butt cuts. Let's do this. Here's the weird thing. Like, anytime I have the chance, I try, I try to use the Bible. Because I feel like yeah, I w- there won't be as much disease on the paper. How did I know as soon as I said I had paper, he was going to say the Bible? Hashtag Oregon. Well, you know, it's not like I'm going to use 1984. I want people to understand that shit's happened in this world. So, <laughs> 1984 in, in a summary, people. <laughs> Shit happened in this world. <laughs> okay. So that's one and two. Uh, you got two, which is really good. That means like you no, got, I got one. I got one. No, I mean two. you got number two. Yeah, number yeah. one you failed. Number two you got it. You you have one point. Um, number three, uh, you're gonna love this. So my first two questions were about spears. I didn't actually announce that. I sometimes do, but whatever. I didn't. The next two questions um, are about butlers considering this movie has gerard butler in it (laughs) okay where does the word butler originate no fucking clue well you could give it a shot come on i mean if you're even slightly close i I know i i know i'm not going to be close but i'll give it a you know i mean i I put my dick in a lot of places it shouldn't be exactly Uh, butler is uh, everybody knows that it's derived from the word cutlery. Instead of cutting through something, a butler is a badass motherfucker that invites you to a podcast and then humiliates you. Oh my butler. god, that is one of the greatest things ever. Okay, so here it is. It's this symbol. Butler like goes all the way back, multiple forms of language to get back to bottler, and it's the guy who brings a bottle of booze. Ah. Sadness. Which is funny because there's like a variation on the theme. It's the English in particular. They would have like the the butler was in charge of the the butter. And the butter, I was like, oh, fuck. It's like they fucked it up and they made it a food thing. But no, they called the butter the the wine cellar was called the butter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say this reminds me of that Greek word for competition, which is where we get the word agony from because I feel like this agony in my heart right now as I'm losing. Aww. So, so you lost number one. You got number two. Number three, you lost. You might get number Crash four. Number four, I would never get in my life. Um, actually, so so that makes me feel. Like... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if I'm gonna fail, you're gonna really fail. Let's... Number four, you might get because this is really good. Okay, so can you name the White House Butler who served under eight U.S. presidents? Forrest Whitaker, in the what? movie The Butler. Well, it was about the, the – exactly. There was the movie The Butler. There's a real – I said Forrest Whitaker. I feel like that's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Fine. You do – you get it because I love Forrest Whitaker. Did he, <laughs> did he play Eugene Allen in that movie The Butler? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm going to say yes anyway. You're making me look it up. Because um, Eugene, Eugene is a white guy. It's a white guy's name, right? Okay, so there is a movie called The Butler, and I guess it was... It's a great movie. How have you not seen The Butler? I haven't seen Forrest it. Forrest Whitaker, Matthew has been busy. That's why he hasn't seen it. You're talking movie. about my dad. I have no idea what this has to do with a 300. Uh, he, was a, <laughs> he was a butler, just like Gerard. Gerard Butler. No, Gerard Butler. <laughs> yeah, now listen. So Alan's life was the inspiration for the three th- so, sorry, 2013 film, The Butler. So there it is. 
You have yeah. it exactly right. I just, it's a great movie, by the way. It's one of his most understated performances. The but listen, my dad will just give it to me right now. He has he has so many fucking movies. As you He'll know. autograph that DVD and mail it right to you. No, I mean he's right here. He's literally in the room with me. <laughs> he, he's literally watching Ghost Dog right over here. He's he's got headphones on, and he he's actually using an Android device because he's a fucking idiot. But anyway, Forrest Whitaker <laughs> is ten feet from me right this second, and he's watching Ghost Dog on an Android tablet with headphones on and he won't pay attention to me anyway dad i want to see you and the butler uh, it's all right so yeah hear him that's awesome okay so <laughs> okay so what number were we on oh yeah that was number we're four. On number five now okay so number five <sighs> persian rugs were named after the city in which they were created and it, it was like insanely popular as it is today. Persian rugs are awesomely popular. There are one, two, three, four. There are seven different cities that Persian rugs are well known to be made from. And each design of a Persian rug, it matches one of these seven cities. Can you this. name one of the... They tried to sell them to me in Iraq and Afghanistan. Can I'm you say... Can you name one of the seven cities? God, I should know this. I should know the capital of the Persian Empire. You should. I should, and then there's like there's like an upper and a lower. It's it's like not like in Iran there was an upper and a lower part of the Persian, and the upper part is where they got the cavalry, which they added to their military. But it was the southern part that was. You'd be winning right now. You'd be like, oh, I know, dude. Persopolis. Nope. All right. So the uh, the designs, the top ones. Persopolis is Greek. Fuck. Yeah. There's Tabriz. Mashhad, uh, Is Isfahan, Nine, what, no, what Saluk, Shiraz, Shiraz is a big one, right? Like yeah. the wine, and then that's uh, a great, yeah. Then Harris. I wouldn't have gotten any of those right, but I don't feel bad because I'm All not right. familiar with them. So you got two of six. Um, there are two of five right now. You have two of five, three wrong, hmm. two right. If you get the last one, this one. And this one, I want to know after we do the recording. I want to know what your other top six was for the fucking for the Greek one. I want to know that one. I bet you do, and you may never know. So here we go. Dude, last question. Last question, and this one is catered to you, and you better get it right. I won't trust me. All right, so uh, that crapper bottle is like empty as fuck. I need I need for you to describe to me if you want to win the top six for the first time in your dirty fucking life if you ever ever already wanted, i've already won it before no you haven't if you ever wanted to be a winner dude i if no. you just asked me the fucking 300 top six i'd have, <laughs> I, I mean i was willing to make a bargain with Which, you six listen, out of six i don't have steven here to say is he still fucking complaining i don't have him I oh have, we're not putting that on there i only have myself so here it is your final question win it or lose it describe for me the custom of Spartan marriage. Well, there's a couple things here. One, the first one is is that once a woman really wants to accept a man, there's a simulated rape that comes that happens, and um, and she has to try to fend him off. And then uh, on top of that, what happens is that she stays at his home until the actual marriage day, 
and then they get married and they blah blah blah. But what's interesting is is that like most Spartan men until they're a certain age they live in the barracks. And on top of that like they eat at a mess that is separate that's like a dinner that they go to. That's like a group dinner that you have to get accepted into. Uh, that's very hard to get into and once you get in there like it's like something where like you go to your mess and there's no um, there's no lighting in the area and the idea was to sponsor the uh, stealthy activity at night which the Spartan soldiers were famous for they could move at night and you wouldn't hear them and so what happens is is that you go to your mess and then you live in the barracks but the trick was to sneak out and then go see your wife and and fuck the shit out of her and it was said that a Spartan warrior could sire several kids with a woman before he ever actually saw his wife in daylight because he couldn't really leave until he, I don't know, it was like 30-something. No, it's exactly 30 years old, yeah. Yeah. All right, so you are uh, right on that one. Um, and, and terminology, I'm just going to read this to you and, and to everyone else listening. Um, the custom was to capture women for marriage, which is what you called your uh, simulated rape. The so-called bridesmaid took charge of the captured girl she first shaved her head to the skin. Yeah, she shaved her head exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then dressed her in a man's and, cloak and sandals and laid her down mm. laid her down on a mattress in the dark. The bridegroom, who was not drunk and thus not impotent, but was sober as always, had first had dinner with the in the mess hall. Then he would slip in, undo her belt, and lift her and carry her to her bed. And yeah, you said it. They couldn't get together. They couldn't actually live together. A a a Spartan was consigned to living in the barracks until he was 30 years old then he could finally live with a woman and so you could be married earlier than that but the the spartan must live in the in the um barracks in the barracks yeah, yeah. and but part of the trick was is it was to teach them stealthiness so right like so obviously like you you haven't had pussy since pussy had you you just get married this girl but you can't live with her what do you want to do you just won your first top six victory and what was your other what was your greek top six come on tell me that one dude you know you have it to be honest i really did delete it all because i knew it would just be too first off it doesn't follow what i do i never do like something that's truly based on what it is but secondly i knew you knew all the answers and what kind of top six is that really i know i do i do love history i know once i started putting them together i'm like oh fuck Am I actually making a top six that I just want Lee to be like, oh, let me answer that for you? Yeah. No, I don't. I wanted to make one that made you think and had some factoids. It did. Yeah. 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 that. And, you know, I did the last one, and again. It was Greek, yeah. You knew every every aspect, so imagine if all of them were that way. This would have been the most boring piece of shit of all time, so. Yeah, I I think, uh, I think. It's hard to make a podcast that, in my mind, could ever really live up to 300, but this one, it, if we could have just gotten Ghost's, you know, his diaphragm to go, and he could have just yelled out. If he wasn't in a hotel. Oh! 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 Oh, shit. knocking on the door right now. He just, oh, man, it's epic. Hampton Inn is on fire. Like, like before Harambe, there was Thermopylae, you know, who died for our freedom. This was a beautiful movie. Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's like uh, there was like some artist that worked for years on the battle and then he shows it to Napoleon. Napoleon's like, why would you show the defeated? But I think I, I, and I, I mean, a lot of historians say, oh, we preserved democracy in the Athenians. But 
I think for me, the most important thing is that it created Western civilization, is that it, this unified Greece. I get where you're going with that, but I want to ask you something. I, I watched this and I read a lot about it, and the Spartans were a very sad. I mean, I played uh, Civilization, the video game. Yeah. And I choose to be like them, the militaristic government. But it's really sad for the people who are a part of it. And I know in, in some respects, like when you look at it glorified, like this movie, it feels really good. Like you've got a bunch of badass motherfuckers that are, oh, oh, and they're going to fucking kill people. Yeah, and it's awesome. Movie. Exactly. But in real life, it was a sad fucking life. Oh, yeah. Three quarters of the people who went through the Agolge never survived. Yeah. That's why their army was a, a quarter of the size of all the all the other Greek armies that were of comparable size could could muster 40,000 people. And the the largest that the that the Spartan levy ever got was 10,000, but it wasn't really 10,000. For instance at uh Plataea, where is it, which is where the end of the movie is that it's yeah. it's actually 5,000. Oh yeah. But it it actually if you if you read the history of Plataea, it was the Spartans who won Plataea despite the fact that they're commanding tens of thousands of other Greeks. It was actually the Spartans who won that. So, you think about it like the average Greek soldier could defend or defeat the Persians at three to one, and the Spartans could defeat the uh, the Greeks at three to one. I mean, it, the Spartans were literally like they're, they're the team in, in NFL parlance terms. They're the team that can beat their division like six and L. Like they they just like they have their division handed like they like the neighbors. Who also practice in the hop, who also have hoplons who do the hoplite and fight in the phalanx, they can kick their asses all day long. And so then you, you put them against people who don't have the hoplite, and it's, it's ridiculous. And, and you, I hope you know Persians are much more beautiful than Greeks will ever be. Well, actually, um, in, in the Helen of Troy is actually Helen of Sparta, and Spartan women were famous for being gorgeous. And part part of the reason is Let, that let's it, talk about it, today. Let's talk about today. Well, I don't talk about today because today sucks. <laughs> you know that, my friend. Okay. So anyway, Helen of Troy. Helen of Helen of Sparta, really. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean, they were just famous for being hot. And then think about it, like these women didn't have to do any work. They had helots, they had slaves to do everything. And they and their all their husbands had land. Mm-hmm. That the hell it's worked, and it was like some of the most fertile, fertile soil in the world. They didn't work, and they went through life growing up to be hot. Like they did, like gymnastics and singing and dancing, and and they did it naked, and they were they were supposed to be hot. Yeah. What do you want? Hey, Dad, why did you never tell me about um, the butler? <laughs> Dad, seriously, get off your. F- Get off the iPad. It's a it's an it's an Android device, but Dad, the Microsoft Surface. <laughs> I, I told you all about it. What? Uh, he's a liar. A handsome liar. A beautiful liar. I love the man more than I love anything, but it happens. Well, Leroy, thank you so much. Um, I'm really extremely thrilled i got to watch the 300 a few more times to get you know to ramp up to the point that you and i are like uh going through it again but what's going on with you 
uh, we're about to release a couple episodes of the Botlick Roundtable at once. Um, and we're going to, I, I drink a lot. How about you, buddy? I've been drinking a lot. You know, drinking's good. Okay. Thank you again, Lee. And until next time. My pleasure.